Come on, let's give God some praise today, church family. Amen, amen. Hey, my name is Jesse Vito Cruz, one of the pastors here at the Point Loma campus, and it is an honor uh, to bring the Word of God to you today. And I say honor because 15 years ago, I was sitting somewhere in that section up there, and Pastor Miles gave a message. I don't know what he was saying, but it convicted me, and I recommitted my life to Jesus right here in this very room. So it is, it is an honor to be here with you guys. Thank you. Um, I want to shout out uh, those of you watching online, welcome. I know Sam Marcos is watching online as well. I was up there for seven years on staff. It's like my second family, so God bless you guys. I see you. I want to welcome those in the room in Port Loma campus. Are you guys excited to be in church today? Do, do we have any uh, first-time visitors with us? First-time visitors? God bless you. God bless you. I see you all over the room. Thank you guys for joining us. Again, text PL to get our digital, uh, text PL to 52525 to get our digital connect card to see everything that's going on in the Rock Church. And uh, usually, right, right about now, my wife and I are at, in, the, in Palm Springs in the desert in 115-degree weather, sitting poolside at our marriage getaway. So I know there's 480 couples up there, so let's give God some praise for them, praying that they would come back on fire for Jesus. And if you're joining us today, we are in a series called Empowered. Everyone say Empowered. And we are going through the book of Acts. And how many of y'all have been enjoying the teachings out of Acts uh, this past series? Yeah, I see some hands raised all over the room. God bless you. Yes, it's such a, an awesome opportunity uh, that Pastor Miles has given some of the preachers here at this campus an opportunity to share God's word from the book of Acts. I want to continue that today. It's uh, at the nine-week series. Um, and Acts, or Acts of the Apostles, or Disciples, right, the actions of the disciples, it's a two-part volume. Uh, Luke was the author of Acts. It's in the New Testament uh, after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. So get your Bibles out. We're going to go through that. Um, and in the Gospel of Luke, he talks about the ministry that Jesus began here on earth. And then in Acts, he goes up to be with the Father in heaven and sends the Holy Spirit down. If you guys were with us the first week, Pastor Travis, he did a great job in setting up the whole series. Uh, if you guys remember, the tagline is, what God began in Jesus, he wants to continue through you and me. Amen? And so we're going to continue that today. Uh, the anchor verse for the whole entire series is Acts 1.8. And it says, you will receive power. I'm going to say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, everywhere. And so why do we receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Because we got to be witnesses for Jesus. Amen? So let's pray and let's jump right in. So God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. I pray that I would remove myself and that you would speak through me, Holy Spirit. I pray that the hearts and the minds of your people today would just receive whatever you have for them in this very moment. That we would feel empowered by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses in the whole world. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Everyone's got, every, all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's jump right in. Turn to someone next to you and say, let's go. Let's go. Okay, so I was born and raised on the island of Guam. Is uh, anyone from Guam in here? We got a couple of people? Yeah, that's my people. Yeah, so Chamorros, that's what they're called. And we say half a day. That's the way we uh, greet each other, right? Half a day. Everyone say half a day. It's like half a day, but half a day. So there you go. I'm half Chamorro, uh, a half Filipino, so that makes me 100% island boy. That was for you, CJ. Sorry, dad joke, dad joke. Um, 
And uh, if I can give you a little bit of an island life, island life is slow. So if you've been on the island, it's a slow-paced life. I mean, the fastest speed limit, I believe, uh, I started driving in Guam at 16 years old, is 35 miles an hour. It's slow, right? Uh, Island life is beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful culture, beautiful people, beautiful island, um, beautiful beaches, crystal clear waters, warm waters. Um, And island life is all about respect. Right? Respect the land, respect the people, you give it, you receive it. And a lot of times, uh, respect, there's a lot of miscommunication on what respect looks like. And so we see a lot of fights. And fighting is just a thing on Guam, right? A lot of fighters in Guam, it's a, it's a very strong culture. And uh, one of my first um, memories as a child, I was, a fifth, I was five years old, and I remember my sister, uh, she was playing volleyball with some of her high school friends um, in, our, in our neighborhood, in our apartment complex. And they're hitting the ball around, and, and the ball flies out of the circle and hits our neighbor's car. And so our neighbor comes out, and you can just tell it's going to go down. It's going to go down. And she starts walking up to my sister, and, and my sister's right there, and she's ready. And, and next thing you know, they just started going at it. They just started beating each other, pulling hair. And then next thing you know, my mom comes out with the broom and starts, like, hitting my neighbor over the head. I'm like, what is going on? I'm only five years old. And, and so fighting, it was just a thing on Guam, right? And some of the phrases that I've kind of got to, to know growing up is, you never back down. Don't give up. Island pride. Island strong, right? Island strength, stand strong. You guys, in today's culture, I believe you sort of have to have this stand strong mentality in order to survive, right? Because if you don't, then you're gonna get beat down by the world. You see, you see a lot of people standing for something, right? Whether it's, are you Democratic? Are you Republican? Do you celebrate 4th of July or you don't? Right? Do you drive a Prius and save the environment, or do you drive a lifted Ford truck? And it's like, if you don't stand with me, then what do you believe? If you don't stand with me, then what do you believe? And so, what do you do, right? When the world is trying to beat you up, tear you down, divide us, tell us to believe in something, stand for something, and if you don't, then sit down, be quiet, be quiet, you know, or just take a seat. So how do you stand strong? How do you, uh, what does standing up look like? What does standing up, standing up look like? What does standing strong look like God's way? I want to talk about that today, okay? Because God's way of standing strong may not look like taking a broom to someone's head. So let's look at someone who stood strong uh, in a world that literally beat him down. And we're going to look at a story in Acts chapter 6. So get your Bibles out and turn with me to Acts chapter 6. We're going to look at a guy, an OG, named Stephen. If you don't know what OG means, that's original gangster. Okay, so verse, uh, starting chapter 6 of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts in the New Testament. Chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. Verse 10 says, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. 
I want to title the message, my message today, Empower to Stand Strong. Empower to Stand Strong. And if you're taking notes, write this down. This is my big idea. This is my message in a sentence, all right? This is what I want to focus on today. The Holy Spirit empowers us to stand strong in a world that is constantly beating us down. The Holy Spirit will empower us to stand strong when the world is trying to beat you down, tell you to be quiet and sit down and don't say anything. Does anyone feel like they've been, they're being beat down by the world today? Come on, just me, a few hands around the room, thank you, thank you. What are you being beat down by? Politics, sometimes we get, we get beat down by uh, social issues, social media beats us down all the time. Right? Uh, we get beat down by the busyness of our lives. Uh, sometimes we get beat down by our kids. I have a four-year-old son, and uh, he's, he's awesome. He's amazing. So much energy. But he gets mad at me and my wife because we don't make him fried rice for breakfast every single day. <laughs> and I was like, gosh, come on, man. Give me a break. And, and sometimes we get beat down by the food we eat. Right? My wife and I are trying to eat clean, but, man, sometimes that... That late night carne asada fries sounds so good. Come on. Yep, preaching to Ali over there. Sometimes you get beat down by the news. Man, I feel like we are constantly getting beat down by something. Can I give you some good news today? Who's ready for some good news? Come on. I want to tell you that the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the grave is the same Holy Spirit that will empower us to stand strong in a world that is constantly beating you down. There's hope. Because here's, here's the deal. Well, I want to give you three ways that the Holy Spirit will empower us to stand strong in a world that's constantly beating you down. Here's the first way. The Holy Spirit will empower us to stand strong with a godly character. Holy Spirit will empower us to stand strong with godly character because in a world that is trying to beat you down, you're going to need godly character. See, I struggled with God, having godly character in college. Anyone else? Come on. I see my SDSU folks over here. Come on. Dominic and Darius, not to call you out, but man, I feel like I constantly, in college, back in the day, I was getting beat down because I was, I was into the party lifestyle. You see, I wasn't so much into academics as I was into the after parties, right? I, I finished a four-year degree in just 12 short years. <laughs> yeah. See, I found out there was no degree in keg stands, right? But I knew how to set up the, the red cups in a triangular form, so I was getting some geometry there. Uh, you see, I was a Christian, but I wasn't living it out. I was a Christian, but I wasn't living it out. I was listening to everything and everyone but God for direction in my life. I changed my degree four times. Uh, I started out taking business class, uh, business classes, and I was like, you know what, the world's, I think it's, you gotta get rich, you gotta have the, the fast car, you gotta have the big house, right? I let greed tell me what, what to do in my life. And then I was like, no, nah, I wasn't feeling it, you know? And I was like, well, I'm Filipino, I gotta be a nurse. Right, that's what Filipinos do, they're nurses, or Asians, right, they're doctors, right? Any Filipino nurses in the room, or online, drop it on the chat? Nobody? Okay. But I just felt like culture was telling me, trying to tell me what to do. And then I was like, you know, my brother uh, called me up, he's a Border Patrol agent, he said, hey, Border Patrol is hiring. I was like, oh man, he's got a good job, he's got benefits, his job security, and that. I let fear try to tell me what to do. 
This whole time I was in and out of college, uh, God was trying to speak to me. I was actually volunteering here as a youth leader uh, in our youth ministry in this building right here. Shout out to the youth ministry, student ministry. Um, but I, God was calling me to full-time ministry, but I was giving him the stiff arm. And when I got denied for my last interview at the Border Patrol, um, I started taking Bible classes or uh, college classes, went to Bible college, and I loved it. I loved it. You see, um, I stopped letting the world tell me what to do, and I listened to the calling God had in my life. He was calling me to be a pastor. He was letting me know it wasn't about me. It was, it was about serving God and serving others. Then my godly character started to develop. Can I just say that you don't have to be a pastor to have a godly character. You just have to be obedient to whatever God is calling you into or out of so that you can start your godly character, start to develop your godly character. You need to stop listening to the world and start listening to his word. All right? You got to stop listening to the world of telling you what to do and start listening to the word of God for direction in your life. So what does godly character look like? It looks like Stephen. It looks like Stephen, right? Stephen, verse 8, says he was full of God's grace and power. In verse 3, if you back up that same chapter, uh, Stephen was chosen for ministry because the, the church was starting to develop and there was needs, and there was needs for people to serve others and, and serve food. He was called to ministry to serve others and serve food and wait on tables, Right? How many of you are uh, servers in here? Any servers in here? You wait on tables? If you want godly character, serve tables. See, I was a server before jumping on full-time ministry, and let me tell you, that developed patience, that developed uh, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Right? Stephen was full of grace and power. He was chosen for that ministry, and he was full of the spirit and wisdom. He had a good reputation. Another version says good reputation. So what is being full of the Spirit? Well, Galatians 5.22 says that, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So being full of the Spirit. Godly character is someone who is full of, full of the Spirit and wisdom. Godly character is someone who reflects God's character. In Genesis, from the very beginning, God created us in what is in his image so that we can reflect him to the world. In Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You see, in a world that is constantly beating people down, people need to see God, and they see God in people that have godly character. It's your witness. Stephen had godly character, right? There's another pro tip. If you go out to eat, leave a good tip, no matter what, right? That's a, that's a, that's a good witness for the Lord. And uh, I just found out as a server, man, some of the, the worst tippers are people who go out to eat after church. Come on. We got to do better than that. We got to be witnesses for Christ, even the ones that don't deserve it, right? See, God is a generous God, even when we don't deserve it. Hey, leave a good tip. So how does, how does this look like in your life? Godly character is serving others. See, worldly character is selfishness, but godly character is selflessness. What, people, what do people say about your character? 
Maybe you need to put down the broom and stop fighting each other, right? Maybe you need more self-control. Stop doing that one thing that makes others question if you are even a Christian. Listen, godly character doesn't happen overnight. For me, it was, it was, a, it was a journey. It's a lifelong process. Just start with one thing. Maybe it's having patience for your kids. Parents, can I get an amen? Amen, amen, okay. Maybe you need to have more grace for someone that did you wrong. Maybe you need to have grace for yourself. You see, in a world that is constantly beating you down, the Holy Spirit has empowered you to stand strong with godly character. Why? So they see God in you. So that you can be a witness to them. So here's number two. The Holy Spirit empowers us to stand strong with courage. The Holy Spirit empowers us to stand strong with courage. Pick up at verse 11. It says, Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin, or this holy place where all the religious leaders gathered and made decisions and and talked politics, right? And the high priest was there. Verse 13 says, They produced false witnesses who testified, This fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place, and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the custom Moses handed down to us. Can I just say, no matter what you say, whether it's true or not, people are, there are going to be people that's going to be hating and they're going to be changing your words and twisting things up, right? There are going to be people that are going to hate. Haters are just going to hate. Verse 15 says, and all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and saw that his face was a, like, a, like an angel. Could you imagine that? You know when our kids uh, do something wrong, we can definitely see it in their faces, right? It's like, man, you did something wrong. But, you know, I believe that Stephen's face was like the face of an angel because they couldn't find anything wrong with the guy. No matter how much witnesses and false testimonies they brought against him, they couldn't find anything. Similar, does that sound similar to, to Jesus when he was on trial? Right? The religious leaders knew that he was innocent. He was innocent, but they were hating because Jesus was preaching relationship over religion. And it went, went against their reputations as religious leaders. Man, there will be people that say false things about you. Verse 1 in chapter 7, it says, Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? Let's pause there for a moment, right? Stephen is is captured and he's brought in and they're producing false witnesses against him. And Stephen is standing in front of the high priest, like the big dog of the religious leaders in the land. And he's standing in front of this guy and and he asks him, are these charges true? And and Stephen, uh, he's, he's about to display some Holy Spirit courage. You know, in a world that is trying to beat you down, you're going to need the Holy Spirit for courage to stand strong. So what is courage? Courage is the ability to do something that frightens one, uh, strength uh, strength in the face of pain or grief. You know the number one uh, fear in the world? It's not dying. It's public speaking, right? How many of y'all are scared of public speaking? Yeah, me too, <laughs> me too. And I'll just tell you right now that uh, by the Holy Spirit, the grace and, and power of God, I'm here today because this is, not my, this is not my cup of tea, that God has given me this opportunity. So thank you, yeah. Praise God, praise God. Seems about to display uh, some, some courage um, 
And, and what is courage, right? It's, it's doing something that frightens one. And, you know, I'm, I'm not that way, but my, my daughter, Mila, she's five years old. She has all the courage in the world. And she actually uh, wants to, like, jump on stage and sing and dance. And, you know, I don't know where she gets that courage from. Actually, no, my wife, that's where she gets it from, because it's not from me. Um, but... This past, uh, I think, weekend ago or, or two weekends ago, we had a Rock Kids Ministry Make Ways VBS here. Shout out to the Rock Kids Ministry and all the volunteers that serve. Um, my daughter came wanting to be on stage, and at one point, they were picking people, picking kids to be on stage to do a dance-off, a dance contest. And my daughter was like trying to raise her hand. I was like lifting her up to like try to get picked, and uh, and she got picked. And uh, check out this video right here of Make Waves. She's right there. <laughs> so that's her. That's Mila. She has all the courage in the world, right? You guys, we need courage more than ever in a world that's constantly beating us down. We need the ability and strength of the Holy Spirit. We need courage to be witness with the platform God has given us. What platform has God given you to be a witness for him? See, Stephen's platform, he was at the Sanhedrin, the holy place where all the religious leaders were. And he gives a speech. I wanna, I wanna summarize from verse two to 53, uh, and I'll pick it up in verse 51, but this whole speech was he's calling out these religious leaders, right? Uh, he's given a history lesson of how the people of God had rejected him, rejected the messengers, rejected the prophets, rejected all the people that God sent them from Moses, uh, from Abraham to Moses, and now they're rejecting the Messiah himself, and they crucified him, and they murdered him, and they continued to reject him. They continued to reject the Holy Spirit. And verse 51, we'll pick that up, chapter seven, verse 51, it says this. He said, you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You, have, you who have received the law that was given through angels but have not obeyed it. Stephen was witnessing to the ones who were supposed to be witnesses for God. Stephen didn't, he, what he didn't do was defend himself. Instead, he reminded those people what they did to Jesus, the Messiah that the forefathers uh, told them about. What are some things that you need courage to not defend against? Who do you need to be courageous enough to witness to? Could you imagine being in Stephen's shoes? Could you imagine being Jesus who was on trial and he didn't defend himself? That takes a lot of courage. When you are a follower of Christ, filled with the spirit and wisdom, there will be people in your life that will say things about you that are not true. Sometimes we just need to say nothing at all. Instead of spending a lot of time defending ourselves, maybe we spend more time witnessing about the Messiah, right? Don't focus on the mess that you're in, focus on the Messiah to get you through the mess. It's going to take holy, the Holy Spirit to stand strong when people come against you. Courage comes from trusting that the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom that your opposition cannot stand up against. 
See, wisdom comes from experience and knowledge. And how do you get that? It's, it's, it's practice the presence of God. Be in the presence of God. Be with him. Hey, I'm preaching to myself. I need more time with God. I need more time in his word, right? Practice the presence of God. Because courage to stand strong in a world that is constantly beating you down will show your wisdom that only comes from the Holy Spirit. Maybe courage is not defending yourself. Maybe courage is uh, speaking about your faith in public. Maybe courage is standing up for God's truth and not the opinions of the world. Maybe courage is never backing down from opposition but going through it with godly character. Maybe courage for you is standing strong in the world that is say, and saying, I am not gonna let the world tell me what to do. I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit guide my words, guide my actions, guide my way of life, right? Guide what I say on social media. I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit guide what I need to do and what to say in the moment because he has all the wisdom, amen? Maybe courage is to love others how God sees them. Maybe courage is to have grace for someone. You see, in a world that is constantly beating you down, your courage will be a witness of God's grace and power. Let's read verse 54. It says, when the members, actually, here's point number three. Point number three is the Holy Spirit empowers us to stand strong with compassion. With compassion. We're going to see that right now. Verse 54 says, When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Stephen got a standing ovation from Jesus. What? Come on. Stephen got a standing ovation from Jesus. In Matthew 10, 32, it says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. When, when people are persecuting you, just look up to heaven. Just look up to heaven, right? Be reminded that Jesus is watching over you. Verse 57 says, And they covered their ears, and yelling from the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. They picked up stones, and they started throwing it at him. This is a heavy stone. This is one of them. It's a lot of people that were angry and furious at him, and he, they picked up stones and started throwing it to Stephen. That's a pretty big stone. When people are persecuting, you just look up to heaven. And they began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, which we're going to read about next week, so make sure you guys come back. Uh, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. He died. See, Stephen, while they were stoning him, had compassion and said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Jesus, same deal, he was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. Compassion is having sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering and misfortune of others. When I think about compassion, I think about this guy named Ken Ike. I used to be up in San Marcos campus for seven years on staff, and I met Ken Ike, he's a little uh, older gentleman, and he had a passion for serving others. He was part of the San Marcos volunteer team. Can I just say, we have some awesome volunteers at the, at, here at this church. Can we just give it up for the volunteers? 
If you volunteer, God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, in 2019, Ken had a vision to start a food distribution ministry, giving food and provisions to the people in the community that were in need and hungry. Um, and he said, I've been to, there's some of these in, in North County, there were some like food distribution and food pantries, and he's been to some of them, but they were missing one thing. They were missing the gospel. They were missing Jesus, right? And he saw that people's uh, physical needs were being met, but their spiritual needs were still lacking. So he launched a food distribution ministry, and it, called, it was called Provisions back in October 2019. Well, the following year, 2020, the pandemic hit. Everything shut down. Remember that? And the only places that were uh, able to remain open were places that were essential. And provisions ministry was essential. They remained open. And guess what? There was a line of cars coming in to receive uh, provisions and food, but they received Jesus as well. Amen? (laughs) Two years later, we have... Uh, five locations at all our Rock Church campuses that do provisions ministry. And some of our leaders are over here. Shout out to the provisions ministry. So God bless you. You see, Ken had compassion for the hungry. Ken had compassion for the lost and hurting. Ken wanted people to know Jesus. Jesus had compassion for the sick and healed them. Jesus had compassion for the blind and gave them sight. Jesus had compassion for the hungry and healed them. But Jesus had compassion for those who were persecuting him. Who do you have compassion for? Stephen had compassion for the people that was stoning him to death. Why? Because he saw past their hurts and their anger. And he saw that they were lost, confused, separated from God. Doesn't that sound like the world today? Lost, confused, identity confusion, right? Hurting, lost, separated from God. See, sin separates us from God. And Stephen knew that their sin was separating them from God. So he had compassion in the midst of being killed to have compassion over them. That's crazy. That's crazy. So who do you have compassion for? Jesus had compassion even for the people that were going to betray him, right? He washed his disciples' feet knowing that one person would betray him. That's compassion. So what does compassion look like for you? Who do you have compassion for? Maybe we need to not uh, pick up our stone, right? The world's going to say, pick up your stone and throw it back. Compassion means put down your stone and get down on your knees and pray. Put down your stone and wash the foot of those, the feet of those who persecute you. So what does compassion look like for you? I'll end with this, okay? Um, The person that came to mind right away when I was preparing my message that had, uh, that was empowered by the Holy Spirit with godly character, courage, and compassion was none other than my beautiful wife over here. Um, Her name is Jessie, yes. Her name is Jessie as well. And I want to show you a picture. This is the picture of a USS recruit here in Liberty Station. And um, it's walking distance from here. It's a, it's a fake ship that um, you can walk to. And they used to do training on this ship. And this is the place where I first told my wife when we were dating that I loved her. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was putting this together. I was like, oh man. And uh, also this place, that that same moment that I told her I loved her, I I wish I can say that I loved her. I told her I loved her because my heart was full, but it wasn't. I was broken and empty because that moments before, I told her that I cheated on her. 
And man, I was like, I was devastated. Her, I, her heart was broken. Mine was broken. She was crying. I was crying. And you know, the role was telling her, break up, pick up your stone and don't give him a chance. But you know what? She had godly character. She took a moment and she prayed. And she prayed for me. All right? She prayed for me. Amen. She had courage to stay with me, even though she had every right to leave me. Can I just say also, if you're in an abusive relationship, that's totally different, and God will give you the power to, to be free from that. But she had the courage to stay with me. She had the compassion to forgive me. And I, from that moment forward, she was a witness to God's character to me, and I committed to her. And, and we ended up getting engaged, and we got married, and a few years later, we were walking by that same ship, and check it out, we had two beautiful kids. That's by the grace of God. So thank you, babe, for loving me and showing me godly character, courage, and compassion. And uh, this is my family right here. This is uh, my wife and my two kids, Mila and Maddox. And by the grace of God, he's given me a, a beautiful family, all right? Some of us, we need to start a relationship with Jesus because you've been trying it your way and uh, it's not working. And you've been being, you are getting beat down by the world. You need the Holy Spirit. Some of us, you, 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 you know God, but you, maybe you strayed away from him and you, you're in a, a toxic relationship with the world. Right, you cheated on God. Maybe you give him one hour a week and then the rest of the week you're in this abusive relationship with the world, you need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. God wants to develop your godly character with compassion and with courage. So in a moment, I wanna pray and there's some of you in the room that need to receive Jesus for the first time, right? Because the Holy Spirit will empower you to stand strong in a world that is constantly beating you down with godly character, with courage, and with compassion. Why? So that we can be witnesses to the world about Christ's love for us. Amen? So would you guys uh, pray with me? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the relationship that we get to have with you. I pray right now in this very moment that people would be open and receiving your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you for your word today.